give me liberty or prevent my death? Let's talk about it on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and wow, when I started doing these podcasts at the beginning of January, I had such a heart to talk about current cultural events. Little did I know that right out of the gate, we'd have such a, a societal, cultural uh, whirlwind that has taken place that we are all experiencing all over the globe. And it is my pleasure to really talk to you today about, about these events and processing them uh, from a biblical, Christian, and societal and cultural standpoint. So thank you for tuning in, uh, and I appreciate you listening. Let me give you an update on COVID-19. Obviously, it's been dominating uh, not only headlines, but all of our discussions and lives. Uh, The update, I've been trying to do these podcasts a little closer to release date, and so this is as of March 30th. Uh, The U.S. total cases is about 140,000. Uh, total deaths is just a little bit over 2,400. Uh, in Minnesota, my home state, we've had 576 positive tests. Uh, we've had 10 deaths related to COVID-19. Uh, in the county that I'm in, Todd County, which is in central Minnesota, very rural area, uh, we have had no cases of COVID-19 as of March 30th. So for that, I am certainly uh, grateful. There are 24 patients currently uh, in the ICU uh, in the state of Minnesota. And at the end of this podcast, I'll explain to you why that is the most, in my opinion, significant number and data point that we need to be tracking and be informed about. But as I get into this podcast, I just feel very strongly that these are just numbers. And there are faces and there are loved ones connected to each one of these numbers. And so even though we look at the death count and we relate that and compare that to other countries or situations that they were in, uh, we have to be very intentional about knowing that each of these numbers have a face and name connected to them. And even though it might not be impacting us personally, Uh, There are many families and lives all throughout the globe that have already been impacted, and sometimes tragically. And it's for those people, it's it's for those who have experienced this virus or have even succumbed to this virus, that it's for those people that we are making sacrifices. This is real, this is current, uh, this is up to date. But the question, and the question even for this podcast, is how do we count that cost? I just read an article by Dave Oreck from the St. Paul Pioneer Press, uh, one of our uh, local papers here in Minnesota. 
And his opening paragraph says, Minnesotans are preventing tens of thousands of coronavirus coronavirus deaths by making unprecedented sacrifices of personal freedoms and commerce in the face of the pandemic, according to the model that informed Governor Tim Wall's stay-at-home order. We read that, and then we go right on to the data of the article, um, but I think we need to pause at the line about unprecedented sacrifices of personal freedoms and commerce. We, we should not take this lightly. Patrick Henry famously stated, you know, give me liberty or give me death. That's, that's what a, this country was founded on, are people like Patrick Henry that stood up and protected liberties. So how do we balance that? How, how do we talk about liberty in the face of death or even the prevention of death? which is really what we're experiencing today. So Tim from Ohio submitted a, a really a dissertation, a, a such a well-written and thought-out response uh, to some of the things that we've been talking about and sent it to me here at Pushback. And I just want to read his or excerpts from uh, the things that he wrote because I believe that they are so profound. So let me just start by reading some of the things that Tim from Ohio wrote. He said, No rational person wants anyone to die of this disease any more than we want anyone to die of any disease or any untimely event. However, rational people also know that people will die from this and and other causes no matter what we do. So the disagreement arises over what we do and how we do it. This, in a freedom-minded people, becomes a point of contention. And I want to talk about that contention during this podcast because I believe that we as citizens of a free country, the freedoms that have been purchased by lives and and, and time and history, we need to take this seriously. Tim continues, what powers, what authority does government have and what is their role in quote unquote public safety? Does public safety trump, no pun intended, individual liberty? In our nation, with our history, I can come to only one conclusion, one answer to that question. That answer is a resounding no. Tim goes on to say, What then is the role of government, whether it be federal, state, or local? As I understand it, the major role is to inform. If the threat is suspected to be coming from outside sources or with malicious intent, then government should seek to prevent such action. Is this biological warfare? By all means, pursue and, and prosecute the offender or offenders. However, I have heard nothing from reputable sources that this is the case. Tim continues to say, Therefore, I will argue that the response of any legitimate government to this event would be to inform the public of the causes, vulnerable population, and preventable measures that can be taken to protect oneself and one's family from this disease. But this is the punchline that Tim wrote. However, Once the information is released to the general population, government's responsibility is fulfilled. It is then up to a free people to take whatever action they see fit to ensure their own happiness and well-being. No matter what the reason, for the government to issue orders that take this liberty from individuals and their businesses, organizations, and interests is an affront to liberty. 
Tim, I thank you for submitting this. I thank you that it is so well thought out and it is obviously a passion of your heart. And that's really the point of this podcast. I want to create conversation and discussion and this can't be taken lightly. See, the founding fathers and, and the patriots of this country fought and many actually died for our freedoms and liberty. Tim actually quoted Benjamin Franklin, and I'm going to relay this quote to you. Benjamin Franklin said, Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. That was written in 1755. So in response to Tim's email and in response to just what's been stirring in my own heart over the last couple of weeks, I've been agonizing over this topic. See, I have a clear view of really both sides of this issue. I am a physician and I am a Christian. I'm a conservative. I'm a capitalist. I'm a, I'm a libertarian. How's that for identity politics? I'm also right-handed. I prefer my toilet paper to be fed from above, not below. I don't mind pickles, but not on my cheeseburger. And I choose briefs over boxers. Now you know, now you know more about me, all my categories. But I'm a libertarian really at heart. And if you look up the definition of what a libertarian believes, it's to seek to maximize political freedom and autonomy, emphasizing freedom of choice, voluntary association, and individual judgment. I do connect with that philosophy or even that political category. But I believe that there can be healthy libertarians and unhealthy libertarians. And I think the key that distinguishes the two is their willingness to be informed. I believe an informed libertarian is effective. I believe an uninformed libertarian can be dangerous. And I do believe, as the quotes stated above from Tim and from our founding fathers, were actually more libertarian at heart. And they put restraint on government for a reason. But I believe they also gave us, and what Thomas Jefferson wrote in the Declaration of Independence, I believe in that, packed within that, is a divine cultural statement. I really do believe it was divine. I believe what Thomas Jefferson wrote was divinely inspired. I really believe that in my heart. And I believe what he wrote was a mission statement for our country, an outline for our country. And this is what he wrote. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. So I define, I, I choose, I seek to define this conversation about COVID-19 and liberty and personal freedoms based on this outline that was given to us by Thomas Jefferson in the Declaration of Independence. Life liberty, 
in the pursuit of happiness. I believe I also already mentioned that on a previous podcast and will continue to mention this as an outline as we pursue cultural truths in our country. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But I believe here is the key. I believe here is the nugget of wisdom that was written by Thomas Jefferson and our founding fathers in the Declaration of Independence. I believe that there's an order to those words. I believe it's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in that order. So that life and the quality and the value of life actually trumps liberty. And I believe liberty and and the, the beauty of liberty that's been given to us in this country actually trumps our pursuit of happiness. Or said the other way, my pursuit of happiness cannot trump your liberty, and your liberty doesn't trump my right to life. See, now the founding fathers, I don't believe, could have ever dreamed that COVID-19, a viral outbreak, would someday be plugged into this equation or outline. But it is. It is today. This is what we're talking about. This is, this is taking our current event and plugging it into what the founding fathers intended for us and seeing how this all ferrets out. See, I, I do believe that we do surrender liberty for safety or prevention of death all the time. I believe we do that, uh, and the government has put restraint on our, restraints on our behavior. I don't believe liberty means that we get to do whatever we want to do. I don't think anybody would argue that. We put speed limits on our road because we don't get to do whatever we want to. Is that an assault on our liberty? Can't we, don't we have the right to drive any speed that we want? Don't we have the right to drink alcohol and drive on our roads? The answer is no, because of the safety and protection of others. We don't have the right to purchase and sell illegal drugs in this country. Why? Because of the danger and for the safety of others. And we can go on and on and on about restraints that have been placed. But what about a virus? (laughs) See, this isn't a slam dunk on either side. See, I believe we can temporarily surrender our pursuit of happiness. Now, what is the pursuit of happiness? Well, some of the things that have just been taken away from us. Our, Our jobs, our income, our 401k the uh, the recreational type activities and i believe that to surrender personal or pursuit of happiness for the sake of even liberty or death comes into alignment with what the, what the founding fathers laid out for us we would we would freely give up those things for the prevention and the safety for the prevention of death and the safety of our citizenry See, I believe at this time where we are now, I am comfortable with our current course because I see things from both sides as a doctor and as a citizen. And hear me when I read something like what Tim wrote, it stirs in me because I am a citizen. I'm, I'm a libertarian at heart. And so that stirs within me and I, and I can align myself with that. I'm also a doctor, and I, and I see the data, and I see the, uh, the impact of, of what we are doing right now as a temporary measure. So let me give you my position 
from both sides. As a doctor, what I mentioned before is that we have in the state of Minnesota 24 patients currently in ICU beds. And I stated then that I believe that that is the most important data point. Because we are trying to, as I'm sure you've heard many times ad nauseum, about flattening the curve. Really what flattening the curve is about is actually delaying the curve, is pushing the curve and the severity of the numbers of, of infected and critically ill patients further down the road. And what it buys us is time. And why is time important? Because during this time and what is happening currently as I'm speaking today, we are increasing resources and, and, and putting into place the ability to care for critically ill patients. When you do the numbers, now remember, there are faces and people behind these numbers, but when you run the numbers, we started out this process, even back in January, at 235 ICU beds in the state of Minnesota. Now, I'm just using Minnesota as an example. Every state is, has different population measures and different capacities. But 235 ICU beds. We currently now, just by the time that has been given to us over the last two to three months, have increased that capacity to over 1,000 beds. 1,000 ICU beds capable of delivering critical care to patients. What is predicted or what is what we see coming uh, based on what we've seen in other countries is probably a need for somewhere around 5,000. So what does a flattening or even delaying of the curve give us? It gives us really three opportunities. One, and, and perhaps the most important, is to increase our ICU capacity. That is what we're working on. And by you isolating and, and participating in social distancing and, and participating in some of the measures that can delay or push this curve down, it gives us the opportunity as clinicians, as physicians, to uh, offer and to create an increased capacity of critical care. It also gives us time to develop safe and effective treatments. If we can do that, then a lot of the anxiety connected to this and the uncertainty of this virus then goes away. And also, thirdly, to create a vaccine. It gives us time to then prevent further outbreaks, either this year or in years to come. So this is important. I believe that what we are doing is just... And I also believe, and this is equally as important, based on the conversation that we're having today, it's temporary. It's a temporary measure instituted by the government who's receiving this information so that we, maybe even as libertarians, can be informed. And when we are informed, then we can make right and just decisions. This all happened very quickly, and I believe the government did, did intervene appropriately to create measures that allow us some time. So I see that as a view as a doctor, and I see the importance of what we're doing. And I hopefully I can convey that information to you that what you are doing matters. It matters in the big scheme of things. It's going to matter over the next three, four, or five months as we prepare for what we call the surge, for the, for the uptick in the number of people who will be infected. And then, the, of course, the appropriate percentage of those people that could potentially become critically infected. And if we, as the state of Minnesota, and then ultimately as the United States of America, can be prepared for that, 
then we can be positioned differently than what happened, for instance, in Italy. See, as a physician, it would absolutely break my heart to be put into a position uh, that the Italian physicians must have been placed in. Literally, the decision of who's going to live or die. When the capacity of your ability to treat cannot contain the number of people who are critically ill. That is what happens. And that is what we are trying to avoid. I believe this measure, even though it has infringed certainly on our pursuit of happiness and somewhatly on our liberty, is worth it to prevent death in the future. But let me also approach this as a citizen, as an informed libertarian. See, during this time, I feel like we can be aligned with the Founding Fathers, be an informed libertarian, and surrender some of our liberties for the sake of life. But, but, we have to walk this line carefully and intentionally and with our eyes open. I don't believe in my heart that what the government has imposed on us is about control. Yet. We have to have our eyes opened. As the citizenry, we have to be informed and understand always the why behind every action that is taken by our government. John Witherspoon in 1776 wrote, There is not a single instance in history in which civil liberty was lost and religious liberty preserved entire. See, we... As Christians, we are the ones who set the culture. And religious liberty is one of our highest values. And, and is always directly connected and linked to our civil, civil liberties. And so to secure these rights, this is what Thomas Jefferson wrote, to secure these rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Governments are instituted among men, deriving, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. So my friends, my listeners, at this time, I am willing to consent to this current course because I am informed and I choose to. But let's never take our hand off of the reign of liberty because too many have died to hand it to us and their lives are just as important as the ones we are currently saving. I have so appreciated your input and your encouragement during this challenging time as I release these messages. Sandra from Minnesota wrote, Thank you, thank you. I cried as I listened to your heart. The Lord created me as an extrovert. And your grace-filled knowledge helped me understand the importance of current restrictions. Thank you, Sandra, for those kind words. Those encouraging words uh, propel me to continue what we're doing as we go and set the culture. Thank you, Tim, for your cultural passion. 
I'm sending Tim a free gift and, and to anyone who submits a comment or question that is used uh, in future podcasts. So please let me know what you think about this topic. As I said many times, this isn't a slam dunk. There are two sides to this. And we need to be equally informed on each side. So I pray blessing over you and your family for health, for healing, and for strengthened relationships. Now let's go together and shape the culture. <laughs>